pull it, the Lord saved me. Now, I'm not going to have a lot of time for my message this morning, so it's a good thing that I'm going to be here for three months. <laughs> because I, I want, um, <clears throat> I have a subject, I think it's the best subject that I could possibly choose, and um, it has to do with the cross. Now, I know we're focusing on the cross really right now, this time of year, and thinking about the resurrection. Of course, preceding that was the fact that the Lord Jesus died for us on the cross of Calvary. And um, but I want to think of it maybe perhaps a little bit differently. Uh, I present a sort of what I call my apologia, my apologia. Um, you know, it, it's um, the, um, my defense of my my position, my action, and and my plea is to you today uh, to just help me. I'm going to be here for three months. I'd really like to have your help. Um, I want you to pray for me that God will, will use me. Now, I realize you folks, one of the, the reasons I need to declare my, my uh, position, which is difficult, is the shoes that I have to fill. I mean, the shoes that have stood in this pulpit, you know, and God has got me here filling them. I, I just... I just know you folks have been studying the Word and uh, been blessed so greatly to have a man like Dr. Sachs to minister to you that it's been terrific. And uh, I can't even begin to come near to that. And then Matt, you know, he stands pretty tall. I haven't looked at his feet, but I bet they're big enough to hold him up. His shoes have been pretty big, too. I, you know, i got to fill those as well. And he's been doing a super job. My wife heard him a week ago, and she said, he's, he's good. He's good. <laughs> well, I'm not patting you on the back, man, but, I mean, we've got to be careful of this, haven't we? <laughs> but we appreciate you. Just appreciate you so much. Isn't it wonderful God calls people to serve him? And, um, and uh, we're just thankful that God has called uh, Matt and Naomi to serve him in, in this assembly. It's just great. And, you know, I do want to do a good job. I, I, this is the thing why I think it's important to pray for those who, who minister. You know, it seemed that Paul's attitude that we read about, we're going to go to it in a minute here, but uh, Paul's attitude in, in the Corinthian epistle is the right one. And um, he, uh, you know, I sort of have an advantage over Paul in a way because I, Paul was... Yeah, God used him in a great way, and he had—he was a man that really knew how to speak and put things together. And God used him to um, to put together these epistles that are such a blessing to us. And um, certainly a, a scholar and, a, and a, an eloquent man. And I'm not—I'm neither of those. I, I know that. But um, I do. Uh, I, I very much want to be used of the Lord, and I hope you can appreciate what a what a problem that is in a way to a preacher who has to um, realize that that in the midst of, or along with the desire to want to do well and to be effective, must come that um, desire to be nothing and let God be the effective one to work. You know, that's not easy. 
I plead with you today to recognize that is a problem because, you see, everybody wants to be good at what they do. And I want to be good at what I do. And, I, and you know, I read books and I read, of the, uh, I read eloquent sermons and I say, oh, man, I wish I could preach like that, <laughs> you know. And, I, and we, we, we read in t- at times when God has used his servants in such tremendous ways. And say, oh, if I could only move God's people like that. And, and yet, when we, as we aspire to that, we have to be so careful that we remember that we are nothing. And it is only God that can do the moving. It is. It's only God that can do it. I, I sometimes wish I had a richer vocabulary that I had more training, more, you know. But what I really want to be is just a vessel. And you know, someone said, uh, I'm just a little vessel, but I much can overflow. You heard that? You don't have to be very big to overflow, do you? <laughs> just under the pump. Keep me under the pump, Lord. Keep me under the pump. Just so I'm overflowing. All right? Um, let's go to this passage of scripture that's before us here, and um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll think about Paul's attitude. But this is what I was thinking about, Lord. As I go to those people out there, what do I really want to accomplish? And I thought about that 17th verse. Christ sent me to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And then he goes down and he, and he speaks about preaching Christ crucified in verse 23. And then he says, speaking of those uh, Corinthians to whom he was ministering, he said, You see your calling, brethren, how that not many uh, wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Christ sent me to preach, Paul says, not in the wisdom of, 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 of man's, not man's wisdom, the wisdom of words and speech, but the, preaching the cross is where the power comes from, the cross. That no flesh, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. God hates the flesh. You know, I, I just think that it's very important that we get that straight in our mind and that we never lose sight of that. Flesh, as Paul talked about it, is Adamic. It's Adam. It's Adamic flesh. And you know what? It stinks. It does. It's just, I don't think, I've heard people say there's nothing that smells any worse than rotting flesh. What do you do with it? You want to get a marriage quickly, even though you've loved that person. That person is so, that, that has gone on, is so precious and so meaningful to you, but you, you can't hold on to that person, can you? Because, because that flesh is, you know. And I want to tell you, that's an object lesson about how God feels about your flesh, your old nature, and mine. God hates it. He hates it. 
anything having to do with it. And that's why we need to learn not just the fact of the cross and the message of the cross, that Christ died on the cross, but we need to learn how to apply the principles of the cross to our life. Because it's in applying the principle of the cross to our life that we effectively deal with the flesh. That's how we do it. So, so when Paul, Paul says that he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now, beginning with verse in chapter 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, this was to be evidenced. Paul felt this is how he this would be expressed in his life as he determined not to know anything among them except Jesus Christ and him crucified this is not he's not primarily I don't believe talking I believe I don't I believe that he is not talking about the message that he was preaching so much as here in this place he was talking about the manner in which that message was presented because he said, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Now they could have been, couldn't they? I'm sure the Apostle Paul could have really done the job. But he said, I determined that it wouldn't be me coming to you. But I would be a vessel that God could use. And so my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so that's the desire that I have. I, my desire is that I might be able, while I'm here, to, to emulate the Apostle Paul. Uh, by God's grace, I want to do that. And I, and I hope that you will pray. If you want to pray a prayer for me, just pray that that, that will be the case. And that God might be able to use me here. You know, sometimes just hearing a different voice. God can use so many different means. And, and um, let me be just a voice that God could use to, 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 to help, to come along and help in the ministry. Uh, Paul uh, applied this principle of the cross in his own life. And, and my purpose today, if I had a little bit more time, was going to go through, I was going to go through some things that, that would show you that and I'm going to just start and then we'll have to pick it up there when we, when we have our next time together probably next, um, a week from Sunday morning because next Sunday morning I have a different type of message and um, I do want to throw in here the fact that the evening messages are going to be about drawing uh, water out of the wells of salvation with joy and I want to talk about the wells of salvation. And I want to talk especially the first message about the Alpha Well. The Alpha Well. I call it the Alpha Well. 
It's the first well in Genesis. It's exciting. And, uh, of course, if there's going to be an alpha well, there's going to be a what? An omega well, right? And there is that in the scripture. Okay, so we're going to talk, there's going to be talking about, uh, on Sunday nights. I might possibly throw in one on a Sunday morning just to, you know, titillate some of you to get, a, get you started coming at night. Um, and, uh, we do need to do a few, uh, uh, get a little more disciplined here and, uh, get to Sunday school on time and, uh, and, uh, we need to get into the Word together on Sunday school. We're going to d- be talking with, with you about, um, uh, the, um, parental responsibility. And so any of you that have children, uh, we'd love to have you come on, and so we can talk together and we're going to do some discussing and so on. If you're grandparents, then maybe you can use it too. And those of you that are looking forward to being parents, it, I know you've got a good class and you've got a good teacher. So we are going to ask the, the, um, the college kids to come, but any of the rest of you, we'd like to have you there. But Paul now, in thinking about this death-life principle, and that's what I like to call it, and you'll hear me talking about it a lot, because what we're going to be doing as we're going to go into those passages of Scripture in the Gospels primarily where the Lord Jesus talked about the cross. Now, isn't it interesting? This is prior to the cross taking place in history and how the Lord spoke several occasions. We have a number of them in the Gospels, some of them are duplicates, but we're going to look at each one of those. And how the Lord spoke about the cross in relationship to, to human relationships. And I got started thinking about this here in Ann Arbor. Uh, back in one of my previous visits, we were having a Bible study. Does anybody remember that at Dr. Sachs' home? And someone asked a question about what that meant, that passage about if any man uh, hate not father and mother, sister and brother, children wife, children, and so forth. His own life also. He cannot be my disciple. What does that mean? Now, the typical answer, I know, we know the typical answer to that. I have some thoughts on that that may, may help us to apply this principle of the cross in our own human relationships. We need to do that. We need to learn to do that. <clears throat> this death-life principle, you know, it's out of death that life comes. It's all around us, physically. Things that you ate this morning, something had to die, most cases. Um, I had bacon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, baptism pictures this, doesn't it? Buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ... Uh, was raised up from the dead. Even so, we should not walk. We should walk in newness of life. Um, this principle is in Paul's mind continually. And now, look at the paper. You might. I need one, James. You got an extra one there? <laughs> um, well, here we are. Thank you. Now, this is a comes out of a little devotional called "Continual Burnt Offering" by um, F. B. Einstein, that's right, Harry Einstein. Uh, I said, why is one of the things why is it for? Help you when you kneel real bad. And 
My wife and I read this. We were doing some doing our devotions together, as we do all the time, and we were using a little devotional. And when we came to this, I was I was amazed at it. I, I was stunned by this. I said, "That is, that is excellent. That's the best little commentary I've ever heard on Galatians 2:20." H. A. Ironside was a um, um, pastor of Moody Memorial Church. He was a great Bible teacher. I'm sure that Dr. Sachs would say the same thing, and a man that was a contemporary of Dr. McCarroll and other people you've heard Dr. Sachs speak of. I didn't meet the man, never heard him preach, but he wrote a lot of uh, commentaries that some of you may have. Anyway, on this verse, Galatians 2.20, he said these words, Crucifixion with Christ is judicial. When he died, God saw the end of man in the flesh. Now, what I, remember I said God hates the flesh? That's what God did to the flesh. When you look at Calvary, that tells you how much, what, what God thinks of the flesh and how much he hates it. He hates it so much that he poured out his wrath on his son on Calvary. That's how much he hates the flesh. He poured out his wrath on his son on Calvary the cross shows us vividly how God hates the flesh how God hates the Adamic nature and when God allowed caused his son to die on the cross he was canceling out that nature once and for all. In Colossians, it's called a circumcision. It was a divine operation where God dealt with the flesh and threw it into that too, as a, in a sense. You see, he hated it. He hated it so much that the Lord Jesus Christ had to die to deliver us from it. And that's the only way you can get delivered from it. As far as God was concerned, it was already dead. And that's what he did with it. He buried it. Because, you see, when he said to Adam, the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely what? Die. And that's when the old nature began to stink. And God's been hating it ever since. And so finally when Calvary came, when the, that moment on the cross, that was the end of it. Deliverance. And I, I just love the way he said it here. When, when, when he died, God saw the end of man in the flesh. All believers, therefore, can look back to the cross in the same faith. I was there. I died in the person of my substitute. Therefore, I am no longer viewed as in Adam. In Adam, all died, right? I am now in Christ. In the power of this truth I am called to walk. I live in him. He lives in me. My life here in the body is to be the manifestation of Christ in me. This is true experimentally as I reckon myself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. It is not that I am trying to die. You will read books that will tell you that you need to crucify self. That author does not understand how to live the Christian life who tells you that. 
because there is no idea in the scripture of trying to die it's a taking what has God has already done for us and applying it and reckoning it to be ours that's faith you see it's not works as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord so walking in him you received him by faith and by faith we are to walk taking that position that God has given to us that we are already dead you have died it's always in the past tense in the uh, epistles this is true experimentally as I reckon myself dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God in Jesus Christ it is not that I am to try to die to the old order I have died you feel dead this morning how much how, how much of the rest of your life do you live in the feelings it's not feelings it's faith isn't it three men were walking on a fence feeling faith and fact feeling took an awful spill and they will and faith was taken back but fact remained and brought faith up and that brought feelings too you know it's the fact that at Calgary we died and that's what we're counting on and this is what Paul why Paul emphasized to those early churches over and over and over again this was his testimony I am crucified with Christ he's not telling them here he often does but here he's telling, talking about his own appropriation of these of these of this concept and it's that appropriation that he was talking about when he said to the Corinthians I determined not to know anything among you say Jesus Christ and him crucified so he said I just came not with man's wisdom but just to be the instrument that God could use to speak through to glorify himself I have died I, and I take that place in relation to everything that is of the flesh mortifying the deeds of the body practically I die daily as earth claims are refused Paul says you know I'm crucified under the world you have a problem with worldliness young people guys girls you have a problem with worldliness how do you deal with that? What's the scripture saying? Paul says, I'm dead in the world. You know, a dead person doesn't have much uh, problem. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, taking that position. You say, but I don't feel dead. Uh, you're not supposed to feel it. I don't feel married in a way, but I am. I mean, what does it feel like? I know I'm married and I told my wife I said I will love you if I determine it's God's will for us to be married I will love you because love is an act of the will and so it is in our relationship with the Lord we're to will ourselves now I know it's getting a little late so I'm going to quit but you maybe the cooks anybody that needs to get the food ready we could just stay here and talk for a while <laughs> no we won't do that but anyway thus I live unto God now I will glory in the cross for this I count the world that draws there I with Christ was crucified his death is mine with him I died and while I live my song shall be no longer I but Christ in me I'm going to be dealing with two or three other passages that Paul where Paul speaks about this uh, subject in the next message and then we're going to talk about the Lord Jesus telling us that um, that um, 
we can't even be his disciple if we if we don't take up the cross. And that's what we're talking about here. This is taking up the cross. It's appropriating the principle of, of, of the death life principle in our lives day by day. And I want to uh, keep that before you. I'm sure you've heard it. I want you to make sure you've heard it and that you're not only hearing it, but speaking it. You know, our speech betrays us. How many times do we, do we say to the Lord, how many times have you said to the Lord this week, even today, Lord, I know that in me, in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. I go to teach a Sunday school class today. Lord, I reckon myself to be dead to sin, alive to you, that you might, you might speak through me. I present the body to you, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. Lord, I'm dead. And it's your life that counts. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Do you see it that way? Do you think it that way? Do you speak it that way? Do you talk to God that way? We need to learn to do that. May God help us if we haven't to begin to do so. Father, we pray that you'll help us to think about the cross this morning as the place where not only did the Lord Jesus die, and we're so thankful for that, Lord, we praise you that he was willing to come to the cross and to shed his precious blood for us. And, oh, Lord, we can't begin to repay it. We can't begin to even imagine what he accomplished for us. I have not seen that you heard, neither hath it entered the heart of man, the things that you have prepared for us, Lord. And someday we'll really understand it and see it clearly when we see him and see thee. In the meantime, Lord, help us to learn. And help us, Lord, to, to be speaking it like Paul did. I am crucified with Christ. And I determined not to know anything in my Sunday school class or my ministry or where I work and where I go to school but Christ and Him crucified. Instead of pushing myself and, and parading myself before the world, Lord, I want people to see Jesus. And therefore, as has been said so eloquently, He must increase and I must decrease. Help us, Lord, we pray, to learn that. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.